2: Welcome to Toronto Basketball Matters podcast number 13. Lucky number 13. I was born on June the 13th of this month actually, so pretty lucky number right there. And with our 13th episode, we have a conclusion to the NBA Finals on the regular season. The Golden State Warriors are the, your champs, your 2016, 2017 NBA champs. And with me are the usual suspects. My left is the self-proclaimed sport doctor, Gregory Euroshatis. I like that you call us the usual suspects. I love that movie. (laughs) Sizer Kose. And to my right is Christian Wolfgang Grafen, the return of the Twin Dragon podcast. How's it going? Alrighty, guys. Let's start it off. What are your biggest takeaways from the finals? Greg, I'm going to let you start this one off.
0: Biggest takeaways from the finals. Um, The greatness of Kevin Durant. The... I don't want to say failure, but the low level of play from Cleveland's veterans and the obvious need that if they want to compete with the Durantula and company, they're going to need another star. Those are my two takeaways.
1: I think my takeaway is that we better get used to this because Golden State is just getting started here. I think we're going to see them. Which is the scary part? Yeah, exactly. I is that I don't think that this is this is the start of uh, even though they already won, but uh, again, this is going to be the start of, of a lot to come. So I think my biggest takeaway is Golden State get used to this winning championships. They are going to be the same team next year, and probably even the team after that. You know, know what else,
0: Brandon? The takeaway that indeed uh, Kyrie Irving is better than Steph Curry for me. I think he's a better
1: Well, going player.
2: into that, let's start this off with that. I know we've watched a few of the games together, and a big thing for you has been Steph Curry's body language on the court. Greg, what does your frustration stem from?
0: He acts like a brat. He acts like a brat. Chewing on the mouth guard, that, that, that deplorable scene the other day where you pop a squat on another team's home court. Come on, man. I mean, I got kids at the community center that I'm involved in chucking up threes like Steph pretty soon. They're going to be popping squats like Steph. I just am not, you know, I don't even want, I didn't even want to make a formal stance about it, but he's he's a little, he plays like a little bit of a brat.
2: Do you think he's a brat graph or do you think it's just kind of a guy sort of pandering to his audience? You know, like, you know, I think we both can kind of agree that Steph Curry is every young kid's favorite basketball player. You know, a certain degree, he kind of transcended the game. Be like Steph.
1: I, to me, I think he's more, he's kind of like Allen Iverson.
2: No way. He's nothing like Allen Iverson.
1: Why is that?
0: It's no. You first, you tell me why he's like.
1: Well, you know, I think. Well, the level of popularity. I think okay, in, their in that game, respect. And like you said, the kids are following these kind of players. Okay. They're changing the way that kids are playing. Put it that but way. But they're not. They went like from the dribblers. I, I'm just saying, okay. and one that style from Allen Iverson changed even the way every yes. kid played yeah I now steph that. curry I every that. kids are, are shooting three yeah, so yeah, yeah okay My if you My fault, I agree with if that. you will consider steph curry then as a brat then i'm comparing him to iverson in the way that he also acted off court and his reputation off it's court, much though. worse uh, off so, court is
0: different than on court steph curry acts like a brat on court right iverson is just a misunderstood bad boy
1: there's a lot of players that there are documentaries
0: like to that effect
2: and at like look yeah, but you're saying on court, though. Like, it's on on court. Like, the, the actions he you're took talking about. To he
0: Let's, took a shit on an opponent's home floor in the NBA Finals. I'm was sorry. that during on court it's player? was conduct. that? Like, the majority it's of the conduct you're talking sportsman. about is with it's him before awful he's actually stepping on the court itself, though. Granted, it's awful sportsmanship. Okay. Period. Right, I don't know what else to say. Right, well, uh, what about LeBron? LeBron wouldn't have done what that. What
1: about LeBron spinning the ball and faking to chug a beer against the Raptors and all that kind of
0: anti Uh that's more playful. When you take a shit on an opponent's home court, it's disrespectful.
2: Yeah. You know what's disrespectful? Ricky Davis now taking a, a, a shot objective. on his own hoop trying to get his own rebound to get a. Ricky Davis ball. is not <laughs> Steph Curry. He's a poor yo. No, Kyrie Irving is a poor man's Ricky Davis.
1: Actually, look, I like Steph Curry. For <laughs> me, he's a, a player I've liked for a long time growing up, and he's definitely gotten more and more bratty as it's gone along. It's getting to the point where. Uh, he's, it's the cockiness for me, I think on court when he just kind of, but you know,
0: it's, it's so overt, man. It's like, he has small man syndrome. It's like, he was told his whole life. He wasn't good enough. He was daddy's boy. Like, they, they, have an ad like that. There's some, an armor ad where they talk about all the things that were said to him. I feel like he actually believes that. And he goes around, like he has a chip on his shoulder and he didn't even have to play in these finals. And his team still would
2: one. won. All right, guys, moving along. So, uh, conclusion to the NBA Finals. Is there anything else Cleveland could have done to dethrone the Golden State Warriors? Legi- like, with the current roster, with the current team, and, you know, they were finished in five. My prediction was five, actually. I think both of you said seven. What could have Cleveland done to maybe bring it to six, even seven, or make it a little bit more competitive?
1: Yeah, I said six. Um, <laughs> not seven. All right. But You said uh, Golden State, though? I said Golden State. And six. I said Cleveland seven. Yeah. See, I don't. But I. I mean, that was back. Year, I don't. I do not but think why, that was Why did you
2: feel like Cleveland could beat Golden State going to the NBA finals? Like, what was your um, big sort of belief in the the Cavaliers? I fun?
0: would say, obviously, what happened last year. Uh, the role I'd never seen LeBron at the level that he was at when he played in this year's playoffs. I really thought that like he was gonna bring something special. What ultimately let him down was his jump shot. And he tried to do too much... Early on in the series, and he should have played through the block. Well, but did he got you tired. see what they did to that's them
2: though awful. in game? No, wait, thirty-three points per game is pretty
0: goddamn. It was incredible. his fourth. quarter. No, that's, that's the what, reason I why. I thought he might be able to even carry them, and I didn't know if Durant. I didn't know that Durant was going to show up like he did. I don't
2: think you can ask more of a guy though, like what he did in the. End no, the it was how they played, played him, Brandon. It
0: was how they played him. They should have played through the block, right? Slowed the game down a bit. Um, rest the, right? a bit um, the rest the the, more in the first half. Yeah, like the way he was out and running. Like at can rest him.
1: though when they rested him, they were terrible. That's the style Durant though, Richard Jefferson, right? Jr. I really thought they him. tried they Smith that. And would that was a show huge disappointment. Up more
0: man, <laughs> I bet you LeBron's agent and LeBron just like reamed him out.
1: Look, I and think came Cleveland out and
0: played well in Game uh, Five. There,
1: the only way Cleveland wins games is when they, when every single thing is perfect in their game. When they play a completely perfect basketball, they can't have one thing go wrong. They can't have one superstar not have a good game. You mean they, against the Warriors? Against the Warriors, of yeah. course. And the, I'm talking about the finals because yeah. I, I honestly think five is pretty. I mean, I thought six would be respectable, which is why I guess six.
0: They they should have won that game in Cleveland. I Realistically, think as well. yes. Like, they are competitive with the Warriors. I, I, I never thought that they'd get swept.
1: But I don't think there's anything they could have done to win this series. I think Golden State, uh, their team is just, even their bench, everything completely overpowered. Unless you can change the roster, there's nothing that Cleveland, I, th- I think, could have done.
2: All right, guys, let's move it down the line a bit. Um,. So we're talking about dynasties. We're talking about the greatest teams in the history of the sport. Would you put Golden State Warriors, this team, this season, up there with some of the greatest seasons or greatest teams in general, like the Chicago Bulls, you know, Boston yeah. Celtics in the 80s? I mean, like, what, how, how how high do you put the Golden State Warriors comparatively to the other yeah, we're gonna have dynasties to wait a we time, talked
0: about? It's, we're going to have to wait I'm a bit. I'm talking about right now. Right though. now, um, I don't th- you could make an argument that they're a dynasty because they put together three seasons, two championships, and in that middle season they got to the finals and had a 72, sorry, 73 win season. Mm-hmm. So, and I think once you put together three seasons like that, you could start saying dynasty. Uh, if they do something again next year, you got to say it. I mean, the Spurs didn't win two in a row and they're considered a dynasty. But they, they won they, over multiple multiple yeah, they won years.
1: Like- Seven years, or seven times in the last, what, yeah. six But usually, I wouldn't them But no. the Houston Rockets a dynasty? When? They won back-to-back. Are they dynasty to you? No, because that just showcased what the best team was when Jordan wasn't playing.
0: No, but still. Which like, is still had a had goddamn good, good team. No, they... Okay, but I'm saying with the Warriors, they didn't even win back-to-back yet. I know. Usually, I'm, you reserve that for dynasty. You have to win back to back.
1: I agree with you. I think as of, if we're going to go with right now, instead of thinking of what they could possibly do for the next couple of years, Golden State's not even close to the realm of the of the night of the Bulls. Yeah, no, or any, but there's still a dynasty
0: like though at this point. I think. When
2: we're talking about, about, about di- it. Yeah, if, if talking- next year
1: they blew up and stuff like that, would okay, you look no, back right no, now and no, say no. they were the Dynasties? They so need I don't one think more. They need exactly. one more. So right now, I do not think so they would we're, be considered a Dynasty. We're, when, we're
2: when we're talking about these Dynasties, okay, you're talking we're the about the Chicago Bulls, the Boston Celtics, the 70s Lakers, the best of the best. Which Celtics? Did any teams? of these teams have a team as competitively close or as great as the Cleveland Cavaliers are right now? Like, what was the second-best team in those generations? That's also an interesting comparison. You know kind who, of do you know who I think like,
0: the best team of all time is? The Shaq-Kobe Lakers.
2: The, the, when
0: they went and just blew through the playoffs. I think they they swept their way through the first three series. And for the life of me, I think Allen Iverson got one on them in the finals.
2: Well, Allen, Allen Iverson might win a championship.
0: No, but he got one game on them.
2: Yeah, I think it was the year that we beat the Raptors, actually.
0: Yeah, that year. The Lakers of that year. Shaq was going for fucking 40-20 and 20 every game. Kobe is in his prime. That team. Because those two are the best. We you The other week, I was listening to our podcast, man, and you asked me who are the best. And I said, Kareem and Oscar. The best one-two punch, I think, ever is Kobe and Shaq. In terms of talent... Those two guys better than Stockton and Malone, better than Curry and, and Durant.
2: Those two guys because they could beat you outside, inside, mid range. What do you think, Griffin? do You think it's a better tandem in the history of the game better than Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal?
1: Tandem or team? Because he's talking about the Lakers, kind of. So I, and if team? No, I mean also those two,
0: but the tandem is interesting because were they a tandem? Were they uh, Malone and Stockton were a tandem because they mm-hmm. worked together? But Shaq and Kobe were somewhat disjointed. That's a whole
2: different conversation. That's a whole different
0: conversation. But that team, that Lakers team, I think would beat these Warriors. I think Shaq would dominate them inside.
2: He's he would destroy them. How would a team like the two thousand five Detroit Pistons stack up against the Golden State Warriors? Like a Chauncey Billups, Richard That's what I mean. Like that's a that's a full run Ben Wallace off the
0: court. I think he'd get run off the court. I think Shaq would make himself stay on the court because you're not taking... he may give up a couple threes, but every time down the court, Shaq is dunking. I'm more interested in the um,
2: the Rasheed wallace Draymond green matchup. (laughs) Some sort of violent altercation.
1: It would be very interesting to see a player like Shaq facing a team like Golden State today. Because you really have to wonder if they could do that strategy of feeding it down low, giving him the points. Or yes. would they just, or in today's yes. day and age, would they just foul him and force him to shoot the free throws and to come down with a three? Is there any way that a Shaq, like, best. The free throw interesting. But that's interesting why I don't think uh, I like Shaq
2: can finish on anybody in the NBA. Any yeah, center out there, there, he'll no, still like, finish on them. Guy, JaVale McGee
0: would be hanging off Shaq, right? But trying to, think to stop of, him from dunking Think Shaq of a, a full
1: game. Again, if you're thinking of that, like, Shaq was the best player on that team. When the Lakers won, the in one he was the dominant force. Of absolutely, the past but if you're facing a team, and that's the whole argument here, really, is a team yeah. that shoots threes, the modern day kind of team, is that team unbeatable compared to those old time teams that okay, kind of fed it down but, low? But Shaq is not Shaq put is the, the shot clock wall. into those
0: old school teams because I'm telling you, okay, so Ben Wallace, for instance, his impact on offense, like you, you could run him off the court if you're the Warriors. The, the Pistons would be nullified; they'd have to put Rasheed Wallace at the five against a small ball lineup. But the shock uh, Lakers would make the Warriors have to put a big man in to do something about him. They couldn't play small ball because he would eat... Like, they they wouldn't even be able to foul him without him just dunking it. Because you can't foul him off the ball all the time. That's not a... Right? The rules aren't like that anymore. So, he had to get the ball. They'd foul him. He'd dunk it and one's all day. They would... They have no answer for him.
1: I think the better Lakers team is the the Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem and Worthy because that's just so much more... I don't know. Having such a good point guard like Magic would be devastating. I think against Golden State or the Bulls. I think those really are the only two teams that would compete with a team like Golden. Not I, compete. I'm saying.
0: I love that. Golden team, State would compete I with them. Love Sorry. those teams, man. That's like the ultimate like running gun. You know, I used to love watching clips of those guys. Well, the thing
1: about the Bulls as well is they're, 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 where the defense was, they could spread the floor so well, and they can guard any position. So facing a team like Golden State would be very, very interesting because they, don't necessarily, they didn't necessarily have that big man. They almost were constructed like yeah. Golden State is, yeah. except yeah. more yeah. the defensive mindset than an offensive mindset.
0: Well, because the Zen Master was running the show, man.
1: And you also take Phil Jackson then, not now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Phil Jackson, the coach. Yeah, not the okay. GA. Single-handedly destroying an organization Alright guys, move us down the line Kevin Durant, he is your MVP uh, I think all of us can sort of agree That Kevin Durant is the most deserving Of the MVP award um, Yes But the bigger question I have for you guys Is where does this kind of put him In regards to the f- f- best forwards In history of the game You know, c- could, Couldn't you say right now That Kevin Durant is the greatest forward To ever play the game of basketball Greg, what do you think about that question?
0: Uh, We have to wait to see what he does with the rest of his well, career. Well, he's almost 30 right now. I still, Based
2: on what he's accomplished at this point in his no, career, no. you don't put him right there. No. Who do you have above him right now? Larry Bird. Larry Bird, okay. For sure, Larry Bird. Do you think Kevin Durant, uh, by the end of his career, especially when he wins yes. a couple more rings of the Golden State Warriors, will be defined as the greatest forward in the history of the game?
0: Yes. I do. I think he'll... Is the greatest.
1: is that because of all the championships that no. he's going to win you think because again the, if he stays on, Oklahoma, on OKC and does not win and is known as that guy who just can never get over the hump and beat Golden State would we even consider him uh, as one of the best forwards in the game well, or we'd be? are we only talking about it because he's won an NBA championship and he's probably going to win next year and the year after but what about like Tim Duncan well that's what I mean, but I guess what I'm trying to say is someone like Tim Duncan, who's so proven, like at this point in his career, I don't think Kevin Durant would be considered one of the best forwards in the game.
0: I think if he can break um, the scoring record, I think if he can end up all-time leader in points, I think he could.
2: Well, I think it's a conversation, to be there, be talking about what you, what your accolades are throughout your career. We talking talk about Tim Duncan... You know, multiple championships, you know, face okay. of a franchise organization. You could talk about Kevin Durant and what he brings to the table athletically and skill set wise. You know, a guy who's basically seven foot tall, who has seven foot six wingspan, you know, who dribbles the ball like a point guard. You know, who facilitates an offense like a shooting guard. You know, a guy who just is so incredibly skilled. I, it's a very difficult thing to kind of pinpoint because A, you have Tim Duncan's legacy, but you also have Kevin Durant's incredible skill set. What do you factor into defining yeah. the best player of all time?
1: I think I slot him just above Dirk. In this sort of, I guess, argument. Tim Duncan's number one for me. I guess Karl Malone, probably. You have two. Tim Duncan
2: above Kobe Bryant instead of curiosity?
1: For, Col- Col- for Kobe for Bryant's not the Just
2: defining greatest of all time. Because I'm mm. Bill Simmons, I know it does have Tim Duncan, I believe, above Kobe Bryant in his book of basketball.
1: Nah. It's, it's hard to say because w- different positions. I don't positions. have him on. Um, I have Kobe ahead of him. No, I uh, trust me, I love Tim Duncan. That's not, That's a hard question. I guess I would say, in the end, it has to be Kobe um because of his influence in the game as well like the lakers were just so much more um i don't know powerful than than san antonio like mm-hmm. the, the ratings wise everything like that just look at the numbers compared to kobe yeah, he's, I a, think legend. Like he's a legend Duncan's career
2: was like linear one sort of no thing kobe Bryant's highs were so goddamn high his lows were so fucking low as well, but Kevin, you know, Tim Duncan throughout his entire career maintained professionalism every fucking single season.
1: Well, to me, it's kind of like why no one really considers Bill Russell. I mean, some people do, but that he's even though he won the most, he's not really up there in terms of the best players, right? So for me, Kobe just he dominated the NBA when he was, and arguably he was selfish, but still, he he dominated. He was when a killer, he was, man. Well, not too he many. A killer. score eighty-one points in one game. Well, okay, right? <laughs> okay, but when we're
0: evaluating all-time greatness you have to to me there there's two things there's the longevity piece where what's their body of work and then there's the how good is that player in his prime and that's it so for instance allen iverson to me is one of the all-time greatest because when he was in his prime he, he was like the greatest scoring guard ever mm-hmm. right um but his longevity is such that he doesn't have a lot of like you know, multiple championships and MVPs Uh, you know played until you know the stats right even like how many points he scored in total but his top season he averaged like 30 points a game. I
2: think the interesting thing about Allen Iverson for me personally is that everyone kind of complains or throws out the cliche argument that Allen Iverson never had really anyone to play with his entire career but I think the other conversation you could also have is that if Allen Iverson was in his prime if he had any sort of competent secondary scorer on Philly could he even be in that sort of situation with a secondary start could he be as efficient as he is with a complimentary score I know it's a very weird comparison for Shaq and Kobe out there but uh, could Allen Iverson's ego coexist with someone like that as a player
0: we'll never know but I think Allen would is such a competitor and winner that he would uh, six, uh give up so something you I agree especially a position a like he's a point guard too right like he has a, he has the ball enough
1: I agree I, especially someone like Shaq someone who plays oh a position God, that's that completely be... different that's like a like a big man to me that he's too competitive he as soon as he gets a taste of winning he would want to just keep going for it and would actually be able to sacrifice a little bit and take some time off. I mean, at the end of his career, you kind of saw that the way he played kind of caught up to him a little bit. So just to have that ability.
0: And I don't think he did the right things to take care of his body like he needed to as well. I don't know how, so we got into this Allen Iverson point, but the point I'm trying to make is that the greatness piece, you have to look at it in those two ways, right? Because some players, uh, they don't have the
2: longevity, so Durant might get injured.
0: Like Grant Hill.
2: What about Grant Hill? Right? it was an an amazing. I want to bring this back a second. So, Kevin Durant was on the Bill Smiths podcast a couple days ago, and he had a pretty big, hot take. And we're talking about Allen Iverson right now. And Kevin Durant said, after playing against him in the NBA Finals this season, Kyrie Irving is a more dynamic offensive player. I'm paraphrasing what he said, than Allen Iverson. Do you think there's anything behind that? Do you think Kyrie Irving has a a little
0: more inventiveness in the dribble and 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 moves? But Allen Iverson was a better attacker, I I believe he had he had more of a killer instinct uh, and was was a more ferocious attacker of the basket. Whereas Irving is a wonderful finisher, but but I mean, you look at some clips of Iverson; he's dunking on people in his rookie year. Man, he's a killer.
1: Yeah, and look where Iverson took the 76ers when he was on them by himself, pretty much. Yeah. He took them pretty deep, but he took them almost. Yo, deep. if
0: you had a team with Allen Iverson and LeBron, they'd win a championship. I don't care who else is on it. Well, look at Kyrie before LeBron got it.
1: there, right? Like, they weren't a good team at all before LeBron got there, yeah. pretty much, those years that he left. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think Iverson, just that alone, this ability to carry a team, and, and it's different. I, I think offensively, you got to give it to Iverson, and who knows defensively. The shot, Irving's shot.
0: Is better. You think, think so? You probably. It's a, it's a, In this era, they're just better shooters, right? And that's the hard part, too, about comparing forwards from different eras and players from different eras, right? Because the game has changed. The rules have changed. The training has changed.
2: So we just kind of brought up LeBron James briefly. I want to bring it back to him for one second. So you could clearly see what type of player he is in the NBA playoffs. You know, there's one LeBron James regular season. He kind of flips a switch and becomes a whole com- like a completely different basketball player in the playoffs you look at what James Harden and Russell Westbrook were able to accomplish in playoffs, they got in, they weren't able to really go far in the playoffs at all, and they are recognized as the two best players in regular season, the two definitive MVPs. Should we kind of change our approach as to how we grade or judge who the MVP is and also incorporate playoff performance to kind of wait afterwards to determine who the best player of the 2016-2017 season is? Because we can clearly see what LeBron James rings the table on a nightly basis, especially in playoffs, his ability to kind of switch his demeanor and compete, I guess. Into the playoffs, looking at you know James Harden, Russell Westbrook, what they were able to accomplish in the playoffs. Graph and what do you think about
1: that? Well, wouldn't that just completely take away the whole point of the regular season altogether? Like we're already talking about if it's if it's <laughs> if there's a yeah. point to the regular season already. Yeah. If you include the playoffs, then honestly, everyone's going to judge it by the playoffs. Right, no one, pe- no one's going to judge yeah. It. Yeah, like but- this year. It would be probably LeBron. But how many people? How many
2: people have said that they are not gonna vote an MVP for someone who is not on a team that made the playoff? Like that's also you gotta factor that in as well. Like clearly we're voting for people. I wouldn't who vote aren't for an MVP that that
0: that team wasn't in, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah this rarely. Ha- that's, yeah, like, yeah this never. Between, happened like will it, it's the most viable player in the season, and then you have a most viable player for the finals. You could exactly. That's like so it would make that award no so as worth well. Of the
2: award then it's a season it's a seasonal it's a vegetable seasonal
0: vegetable award thing, right? i see your point though but Gra- but grafin's re- response i think is 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 spot on right, right. like because there's already a delegitimate delegitimization of the regular season mm-hmm. so i think by doing that it would further so um make it that way
1: plus look at historically you get to compare yourself historically to the, the type of season you had to players in the past again players aren't not trying in the in during the regular season mm-hmm. they are so again if you have a, a year like Russell Westbrook did this year where he was trying his ass off you look yeah. 20 years from now we're going to look back and be yeah. like remember that season mm-hmm. yes it's going to go down in, a, in in a record book somewhere and just because maybe it gives people a chance who aren't on those teams when you're facing a team like Golden State or you're in an era where Golden State's around or the Bulls are around where you can actually prove your own worth, so to speak.
0: You know, they should make the divisions worth something again, right? Like, they used to be that if you won your division, you were guaranteed a top three spot. No longer like that, right? The division titles don't mean as much.
2: I think the MVP is essentially a prestigious consolation prize, but I digress. Let's move on, guys. So Cleveland Cavaliers knocked out in five games this season. What should the Cavaliers do in the offseason? You know, they have multiple options. They can kind of retain the current roster they have. They can kind of force a few trades within the organization. They can try to scour free agency and bring in guys who logistically fit schematically what the Cavaliers need off the bench. Um, Graf, what do you do with this organization?
1: Well, I think I so I know that you're someone who wants to trade Kevin Love and Blow get, it up and and, and get not a blow up. And get Paul George. They didn't win the
0: championship. Gotta blow it up. That's not a blow up at all. <laughs> That's the opposite of a blow up. I know. I'm go. being facetious.
1: I think <laughs> they should keep the same core that they have now, but <laughs> kinda drop all those old players that they picked up throughout the season. Right. It look at their bench. Like it was the biggest problem that Cleveland had in this entire Entire series is that they couldn't have LeBron take a seat, had nobody else to guard Durant. Um, Durant Williams couldn't get any points. There, there were so many things wrong with the team that they got to change their bench. Kind of I think like the core of the top three is good.
2: Guys are in their fucking mid 30s, man. It's disappointing to it watch exactly.
1: Well, look at the counter that essentially Golden State had with their bench. Right. I mean, people like Ian Clark and, and younger players are, are McCaw, willing, man, and like McCaw is very, yeah, like they're just. It seems like the way that they constructed themselves was much better than Cleveland's strategy of going a little bit more veteran.
2: Well, like the, you got to think about the know. box. Like Golden State paid Milwaukee like a, like a half a million dollars just to get. Like, they didn't even see a trade. They just bought him off cash considerations for McCaw. You know what I mean? That's the outside-the-box yeah. thinking a lot of organizations need to have. Like, you can't discount Golden State Warriors for looking at a guy like Macaw and being like, shit, this guy can add something to our organization, and he's cost next to nothing. right? Ah, come
0: on. That's not what won them that series, man. Well,
2: I'm not saying it's, it's, it's clearly like a very small fraction, but I'm saying he's a substantially better defensive or bench option than fucking Deron Williams. Half-cadaver Deron Williams. No? No? No bench comparison? All right. Let's move it down, guys. The last question regarding the NBA Finals. How do you truly define a super team, Greg? Oh. Uh,
0: multiple superstars, perhaps with a megastar. A megastar is reserved for, like, the LeBron James. There's there's a star, superstar, and megastars. It's a combination of those things. No, but so it's like, like drafting,
2: free agency. Like, like w-
0: I think a super team can be put together or... or most of the time, it has to be a combination, I think. You know who had a super team? Oklahoma City. They had a super, They had the makings of a super team.
2: So you think a super team is also Carding. defined by drafting? It by can be. By, it by just smart drafting?
0: Super teams are, 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 are of course, a collection of State talent. Is. It's a collection of talent
1: on a team. So you're
2: defining Golden State as a super team as well?
1: Though. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say that a super team is something that comes together... Sort of not. I guess I don't think it matters non-organically in quotes. But you know what I mean, like as in like players going places. Because oh yeah,
0: it has to be. You're saying it has to be inorganic.
1: Yeah, okay. sort of speak to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: But isn't and I, I yeah I kind of agree with that. But isn't uh, Durant going there inorganic?
1: No, but look what they a free agent. I
0: suppose. He but they gone built there.
1: exactly. built a culture around the draft that actually led to someone coming there. Imagine if Durant went somewhere else. It's like,
0: predicated on championship chasing. And for him as a star athlete, you know, like he wanted to go somewhere where it was guaranteed that he'd win a championship and they did.
1: Yeah, but there's nowhere, I mean, that sounds very organic to me. Golden State, but that's what I think they're, I do think Golden State is a super team. I think that, I guess,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Especially, especially now, again, if you look back, I think it's any team that's like generationally, we look back. Is Cleveland
0: a super team? I think they're bordering on that. They need one more star, and they're and they're definitely one more star. They're definitely a super team.
2: They had three first overall picks in a row. Plus, they also were able to sign LeBron James and make a trade for one of those first overall picks for Kevin Love. That is a super team in my eyes.
1: To me, the only way you look at super teams is when you look back, when you, you look ten years from now, and look back and say that team dominated. No, man. So-
2: even
0: though I think that there's a certain thing today with this idea of the super team that is not like of other generations like you said relating to players coming in an inorganic fashion right so what lebron did what my, the miami heat were a super team i think that was that big 3 that they had that's a super team because you've put three players absolutely in the prime they won three championships these superstars right and when you got three superstars i think that's why I'm, I'm i'm yeah but the only reason why cleveland's a super team is cuz they have lebron who's a megastar. So you put two all stars beside him, and it's like a super you team. Get a
2: third option like Chris Bosh as well on the team as well, right? Regardless of how much he contributed, he's still a you know a fantastic. I would third like to see team, Paul
0: right? George go to the Cavaliers. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's funny, Brandon, because I'm seeing these articles now written. You were on that. You were on that, man, a couple weeks ago.
2: Well, it makes sense to me. Like I think Cleveland, I'm very sorry, Indiana realistically understands the fact that they are going to lose Paul George. And having so a guy might like as well Luff get may, a trade. Well, Kevin may not be that guy who can fill that sort of prototypical superstar role that every team sort of still needs. Still an but asset. Luff, exactly. Still, still an, is asset an asset to build around, man. Exactly. So I'm going to roll it back down to a couple what-if questions regarding the 2016-2017 NBA playoffs. The first one I'm going to throw at you guys is what if Kawhi Leonard didn't get injured? Do you think the San Antonio Spurs had any shot at being the Golden State Warriors? They would have taken
0: that game. They would have taken that game. That much I think we can... I mean, Golden State could have came back, but it didn't look like they were going to come back. It looked like they were being outplayed. Mm-hmm. I think they would have given them a scare. At I think least. we would
1: have seen a seven-game series. I,
0: I really, yeah. And uh, it's one of the more frustrating parts about the, the super team thing is that there's just less competition. And that, as a fan of the game, look, I, look, okay, the level of playing that final was absolutely the best basketball, the, the most talented, skilled, impressive basketball I have seen as a fan in my young life. That was up there. But as a result, the rest of the playoffs were shit. There just wasn't any drama to it. You didn't think that the Warriors were going to be challenged or Cleveland. So it took away from the rest of the playoffs a bit. But those finals, that was something.
1: I don't know. I mean, the finals kind of, in the end... In the end, it it fizzled out a bit. Yeah, exactly. If anything... I don't know. Like for every individual oh, come on, team, man. Some the playoffs of were good. Think of the Boston-Washington series. Think of like the stories of, of Houston. Who there were some good. Si- Who like, cares? Though no one cared. Yeah, but that's to say, like I didn't. You, it's almost like you don't appreciate basketball. I watched
0: yet. it for the appreciation of the game. I know, but but I know, I know. From
1: I think the Super Team is only good for the game because it draws more people to watch them. It draws. Again, look at how the sport got in huge the fi- in the 90s in the finals, because of a super team that was built in the 90s off Michael Jordan and they kept winning. And basketball grew as a sport then more than any other time. So for the game, I think a super team is great. I don't think it's a bad thing to have a team that every other team is gunning for.
0: It's bad if you're a member of the rest of the league or a fan no, of only the other
1: pl- teams. Only if you're a player on another team no, and it's unfortunate. As a fan
0: of a team, you want some level of competitiveness. Like, there's just not even a... The Warriors could have rested one of their stars probably in every round of, of these playoffs and still won. So I think the Spurs would have scared them a bit because they're well-prepared, and, and Kawhi Leonard is right behind Kevin Durant in terms of best players in the world. Um, Keep in mind... No, Ke- no one would have challenged
1: that. Kevin Durant gets injured eight weeks later as opposed to when he got injured, yeah. and Golden State doesn't have him in the playoffs. Yeah, so, I know. Honestly, anything can happen. So... It's very, very easy to say bef- like at this point, that Golden State's going to win next year, and even what I was saying earlier. No, get used to it. I'm again. Even I'm just if saying. Anything Warriors were injured.
0: The Cavs would have still won then. Like there's no, there's no, there's less drama. Like Nashville was in the finals for the NHL. Everyone was so stoked about that. You don't get those. That's already a rarity, a rarity in the NBA. This year is a foregone conclusion.
1: I think it's safe to say that last year's NBA Finals was one of the best NBA Finals when Cleveland came back and beat Golden State and was one of the most watched. Memorable. Even though it was two teams that we kind of knew were going to be there. (laughs) Memorable.
0: No, it was was memorable. But again, uh, as a Raptors fan, or if you're a player or an owner or whatever... It, it takes away from. I'm a Raptors role. fan and
1: I still enjoyed the hell out of that. So, I don't know. For oh, no, me. I,
0: I enjoyed it while it was on, but the rest of the time, for the rest of the playoffs, I was like, there's no point to any of these series. Why are the Celtics even playing still? Like, why are the Celtics, why do they even show up? There's no chance. The disparity is so huge.
2: Right, like there needs to be more competitive than what I saw. All right, so speaking of the Boston Celtics, we're also going to go to another "what if." What if Rojon Rondo never got injured? Do you think the uh, Chicago Bulls would have beaten the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Do you think they would also beaten the Washington Wizards? And do you think they would have any shot carrying that momentum over to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern no. Conference Finals?
1: Fuck no. You're already, <laughs> I don't. I don't like Rondo. I don't think he would have made a difference at all. That been, still, they would have been still playing sick, man. Rondo sucks. There's a, and especially if they face Cleveland, I think we saw before in the past when LeBron was on Miami and when he got to guard... He he switched yeah. on to on Toronto and literally played him from inside the free throw line whenever L- Rondo was carrying the ball uh, at can't the three. Shoot, he yeah. can't shoot
0: He shoots sh- better now. He can't shoot at he all. He shoots better now man. It doesn't man, matter. I'll I take saw that from him this year. He can be a starting point guard on a good NBA They would team.
1: have absolutely no chance against.
0: Yeah, they still wouldn't win, yeah. Against uh against But they beat even, Boston.
1: Even Boston. No, I don't think.
0: They would have beat Boston
2: I think.
1: They
0: were they were up like 2-0 on Boston, right? Brandon, yeah, I right, they were,
2: they were up two nothing, and they were stringing together a couple dominant performances until Rojan Rondo went down, and everything went to shit. That's right. No, it's a uh, it's a fantastic point. So we got some uh, some news today uh, with the recent announcement that. Uh, Jerry West is leading the Golden State Warriors. He's joined the LA Clippers. Um, I'm not quite. He's an. He's an executive. I'm not quite sure what position he's filling with the LA he's Clippers. He's Sort of consultant, um, special consultant. But you can clearly see what Jerry West added to the Golden State Warriors. He, uh, you know, one, one of the maestros, I guess, involved with drafting a few their players. Uh, he was one of the main guys apparently responsible behind um, them ultimately deciding not to include Clay Thompson in the Kevin Love trade. You know, a very big sort of leader and face of not face of organization type, but guy who really sort of orchestrated the. Entire mm-hmm. ensemble he was a huge or figurehead right? Exactly Joining the LA Clippers Two players on player option Blake Griffin, Chris Paul Without a first round pick In the 2017 draft Graffin, is this a foolish mistake By Jerry West to join the Clippers?
1: No, I don't think it is Again, you've just Look at what your reputation is right now mm-hmm. I mean, you've just yeah. you just yeah, assembled Yeah, but yeah That's what I mean
0: Look at your reputation like that, Don't you want to keep that rep? You're getting involved with the Clippers?
1: Your rep, if Golden State <laughs> wins for the next three years, it's his team that he put to. Is anyone going to say that just because he left, it's yeah. not him now if you're involved, involved in everything? You're shitting on Phil Jackson right yeah, now. Yeah, I was just going to say like
2: Phil Jackson. Jackson, championship with championship of the Bulls you're and the Red Yep, right? you got a, 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 Even for me as a coach. As a coach,
1: GM. Christian, not as, as a, coach, a coach.
0: No, but it's same same thing. As a coach or as a GM, you have to be careful. Not one person is saying Phil Jackson, the coach, is bad. Listen, you have to be careful what you choose to be involved in. Because you ultimately, he can go there and shit can fall apart in Clipperland, and he's going to be he- you know in a role with a losing franchise, and some of his magic will be taken out of his name and his marketability in his next project.
1: I don't think it will. Honestly, he even said it today that there's only so much that a consultant can even give to the to to the game, and that basically a lot of it is luck for the most part. No,
0: that's what I mean. And if he's associated with that losing, I mean, I guess he's in LA anyways, right? He's around there. I honestly think, just because
1: of what you even said, how there's player options, and I think right now the outlook in L.A. for the Clippers is pretty gloomy. So I think not many people are very optimistic about so the future. So all he has again, to do yeah. is build, the, again, yeah. even if he goes through a couple years of losing, he's, he's earned himself that because of Golden State. If, any, if anything, he earned his reputation at Golden State, like you guys said, through the draft. So, Graf, and if so running, he has to go through a couple years, a couple drafts, before people can actually even evaluate him. So yeah. I don't think his reputation could okay. be, in those years, Golden no, State right, will win. You're right, you're right. So they
2: don't have a pick this year. There are two player options on Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. What do you do in this situation if you're in Jerry West's shoes? What sort of advice would you be giving the Clippers, just out of
1: curiosity? I mean, you gotta go for a big name free agent at this point. Do you point, retain
2: both Griffin and Paul? Do you let one of them walk? Do you give Greg Griffin realistically the max contract, thirty-five million dollars a year? What do you to do me, the most to me the
1: most important thing about the Clippers, and I won't. I don't get too specific, but mm-hmm. I. I think the most important thing for the Clippers at this point is trying to build a, wi- a winning culture every single year. I think they've been losing for too long. They were known as that team that was kind of the, the shitty team in LA. Oh, they're trying and, to win a championship, and, uh, bro. I mean,
0: they're the, trying. They've been trying to win a championship.
1: They've been try but there's realistically, I don't think. Uh-huh. I think they know uh-huh. that there's no chance and I don't think there's a point in tanking and trying to go through all that all over again their so window, if anything they have to just keep, closed. yeah it's they just insane. have to stay competitive make the playoffs come in fifth or fourth every like going forward but will
0: Chris Paul stay around for that
1: they can pick someone he won't up. He wants to stay like around
0: for competitive. He wants a
2: championship. Well, Graf and I were talking about this earlier. There was a uh, couple of rumors on ESPN today of Chris Paul potentially having a sit-down meeting with teams like the Denver Nuggets and sort of the other organizations slipping my mind right now. What was I mentioning That's before, just to the get Denver his... Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. Well. That would be interesting. So, Greg, schematically, how would... Chris Paul sort of fit in with oh, those teams? The Houston Rockets of James Harden wow. being like a primary ball distributor of 11 assists per game last year. You know, he Yo, the ball. In Harden well. in the backcourt is better,
0: arguably, than Curry and Thompson. So they could coexist, or so Chris Paul and James Harden. Yeah, they're great basketball players. They Chris
1: Paul coexist could in. coexist with anybody. With anybody,
0: right. yeah. Like Harden likes to shoot it. Chris Paul likes to pass it, baby.
2: So do you think Chris Paul's like, still like w- in the pecking order of defining who the best point guard in the he's NBA top is? Five. Top five? Yeah. Who, do you, who do you have above him as a point guard? Westbrook. See, you also got a factoring. Like, if you if maybe you, Curry. Yeah, but you, if you take Curry and like, Russbrook are fantastic. But he's the best pure point guard. guard. Exactly. No, he's the best pure point so guard. To get there
1: we go. Look, if you're trying to win a championship, I'll take Chris Paul over Westbrook any day.
0: That's what. That's basically uh, what I'm saying. I, I,
1: I, I'm telling you right now, Westbrook will never win a championship. That's Just important. because of the way, he, like, look at the way he plays. He's he. Look, you already said it earlier. He had a, super team. The- he had
0: a super team. It depends. He had a super team and they it d- couldn't win. Depends who else you have on your on your team.
1: If you need, you said he had a super team earlier. Who? Westbrook on uh, OKC. If they're a super team. They quotation super team. exactly, and they still couldn't even win with like. And Westbrook. No, was, they were
0: young, man. If they were so young, if they. if they, they stayed still together, They would have. They would have. They would have killed it. They. They. They had it all. It's the bad Oklahoma City
1: management that let them walk. No, it's the bad attitude of Russell Westbrook. That's all right, right guys. He's not, a le- he's not, not a leader. That's not why they laugh, la, la, man. La, la. All right, he guys. So we, got,
2: a leader, then. we got one more topic to discuss, guys. We're gonna roll it down to our last segment of the podcast. Next week is essentially. Well, I think. Speaking on behalf of Graft, I'm not sh- quite sure where Greg is on this. Uh, it's our early Christmas, man. It is the 2017 NBA Draft next Thursday at seven o'clock, and guess what? We record our podcast at seven o'clock every Thursday, so we will be doing a podcast Sick. next week at seven o'clock at, on Thursday, doing live a during live draft, full hour account of the NBA Draft. We'll be providing speculation, analysis, predict, projections, draft day, cl- draft day trades. Exactly. All right. So, Graffit, who are is more or less our in-house NBA draft expert what do you want to talk What Any projections coming up to the draft? Any sleepers? Any discussion you want to bring up last minute? We talked about Jonathan Gian, you know, unfortunately, you know, being one of our sleepers last week, falling out of the draft. Are there any guys that come to mind as well? And what do you think the Toronto Raptors should be doing leading up to the draft? What would you be doing if you're Messiah Ujiri Graffin?
1: Well, sorry, just to quickly say, I think Lonzo Ball is going to fall. I don't think the Lakers are going to pick him. I think he's probably mm. going to fall four to four or something because I think Josh Jackson mm. will go number two.
0: Josh, apparently. He- I He's also, been promised like, right. He's been promised that a team will draft him, and he's only worked out with the Lakers. But he's been promised. That's apparently the the news on the waiver wire.
1: Well, the he'll probably wire he'll be-
0: there, Brandon. See, I've been checking it.
1: He will be a good player, though. I think. I think Ball will be a great player. But for the Raptors pick. Um, it depends on where players are going to go and who they can drop. I think they should actually trade their pick yeah, and get you, you two were, second round were picks about that instead. Before.
2: So flipping our 23rd pick uh, to uh, a couple teams yep. in the second round who have multiple picks. We talk about teams like the Orlando Magic who have two high second picks. Yep. We're also Houston, talking about the Boston Celtics Boston. who have three picks. One high, I think, two later in the second. Do you think it's feasible for us to be able to flip our 23rd pick over to Orlando Magic for a story I'm just... Uh, throwing it out there, 54-56, I think, to Orlando? I can't really yeah, remember I the think exact so.
1: numbers. To, to me, I think it's going to have to be to a team that has uh, that needs it. I, again, Orlando having mo- multiple picks at this point is only good for them. The reason I say that I think we should trade the, f- the first-round pick and go for two second-round picks is because I don't think there's too much of a difference between number 20 and number 50 in this draft, right. at least in terms of the eye test and and beyond speculation and a lot of luck. So for me getting more picks would only be good and you can trade that more likely to a team, that needs a second-unit player, someone on their bench. Like That's why Houston or Boston, teams that are very competitive and can add somebody at number 23... Can add like, a player who fills like a
2: missing void. Fills a role Patrick. exactly right away. So, so, that's, so we're instead about the Magic. making that trade for two second-round picks, you know, paying heed to what the Raptors need um, roster-wise moving forward. What are a few guys out there that you think would be a great fit in the second round for the Toronto Raptors if we did hypothetically make that trade to retain two second-round picks for a 23rd?
1: I do like Swanigan. Uh, there's a there's a few players, and I guess it all depends on where people Swanigan. End up going. I love it. I do honestly. I like Swanigan. Um, I like Derek White, uh, like you said. He's a little bit older. Yeah, yep, hey, um, from what, Colorado. What,
0: what about Cindarius um, Thornwell?
1: He's a little bit, okay. I do like Cindarius Thornwell. I, he was the
0: best player in the NCAA tournament, and
1: he's old. He's not even. And the, histori- guy, the, the thing is, historically, in a draft, if you're older, and especially if you have your better seasons when you're older, yeah. It's not a good exactly. It's yeah. not a good thing. And so Pete. he's so he's a senior right now. Yeah. So he's basically at the end of the. And that's what a lot but of these second round picks professional are. Professional scorer though.
0: When I, uh, you know what I mean? Like if you. He reminds tra- me of a Norman
1: Powell. Would it translate as is, is the question? I don't. Powell is. M- I think his ceiling is, w- is way... Yeah, because of his, ath-
2: his athleticism. Way higher, exactly. And yeah, his height. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jonah Bolden's also really good. Um, so one guy you were
2: high on as well was you know Dwayne Bacon, a guy that we've talked about at Nauseam the last few weeks. And I and think Dwayne he's Bacon. had kind of a bad, um, I guess, early sort of, I'm going to say combine, but tryouts for multiple organizations. Do you think we should take a flyer on Dwayne Bacon? Or do you think he's the kind of guy that would eventually just follow the draft and we can sign him as a free agent? Do you think a few of these guys... Are going to fall out of the draft. I think it's going to be a really great opportunity as well. Afterwards, to kind of sign a few guys. Not too many guys were really on on many teams' boards. I think I said that right.
1: Well, <laughs> absolutely. Especially because of of, of our D league team now, it really allows us to take
0: on projects, to sort of
1: exactly to really take on people. And I know that the the Raptors right now. I think this week, today actually, and I think tomorrow. Um, they're doing sort of a mini camp at the Raptors' facilities, mm-hmm. so they're actually inviting a lot of people over. They're having a look at a ton of people, so I think they're doing. They're getting ready for exactly that. If they are to keep their first pick, I think there's a few players they're going to have already, maybe one or two that they're willing to sign that don't get drafted. They can stick them in the D League and give them a chance. That's what the Raptors, the D League of the Raptors, is very, very good. Yeah. So from at this Shams. point, they could really only go up, and I think you can take more of a risk too. It's a D League team. Yep.
2: All right, guys, that is it for us. Uh, wrapping up podcast number 13. We'll be back next Thursday. Live. Uh, live. Draft. The NBA draft. We'll have it maybe an hour after the draft completes. But uh, with that, guys, thank you very much. This is Brandon Kajoka.
0: Peace out, T Dot. See you. Hey.
1: <laughs>